Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Coming to you from New York City, the only city in America, it's The Daily Show. Tonight... The war is raging. The pandemic is over again. And Terry Crews. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Take a seat. Welcome to it. We've got a really great show tonight. Our guest is a sitcom star and a former NFL player here to discuss his new memoir about what it means to him to be a man. Terry Crews is joining us, everybody. I'm hoping he's going to teach me how to do, make my chest do that thing. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, I'm going to make my chest break dance. We've also got traffic with Roy Wood Jr. And the big news today, America is no longer in a pandemic. So let's do this, people. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. Okay, as you know, it has been nine weeks now since Vladimir Putin decided the best way to improve his international standing was to gently slide not into Ukraine's DMs, but into the entire Eastern region. (laughs) And since then, the whole world has been trying to figure out what to do. How do you respond to a madman who has nuclear weapons in his back pockets? And the world tried everything, tried sanctions, tried cutting off Putin from international trade, tried blocking his PlayStation profile so he couldn't play Fortnite. (laughs) And now, finally, some countries have taken it to the next level, with Germany sending tanks to Ukraine. Yeah, which the Russians have called a major escalation. And I'll be honest, I agree with Russia on that. It is an escalation. You know, whenever German tanks show up to anything, (laughs) shit's about to escalate. (laughs) German tanks never show up and people are like, ah, all right, it's chilled now. (laughs) Yeah, you know what it's like? It's like when a black woman takes off her earrings. (laughs) There's no way things are cooling down from there. Whatever you did wrong, you about to pay. (laughs) But Russia is also doing their own escalations by turning off some of Europe's heat. Overnight, a drastic move. Russia cutting all gas deliveries to Bulgaria and Poland to NATO members. This comes after Putin's ultimatum last month, demanding that, quote, unfriendly nations pay for gas in Russian rubles. Poland's prime minister not backing down, saying we will be able to protect our economy, protect our households, and polls against such a dramatic step by Russia. Bulgarian officials say they are working with state gas companies on alternative sources, while Poland says it has been working for years to 
to reduce its reliance on Russian gas and there wouldn't be a shortage of gas in Polish homes. Ooh, things are getting tense. <laughs> yeah, Russia says no more gas for Poland and Bulgaria. And in response, Poland and Bulgaria are like, screw you, we don't need your gas. We have our own. And then just to prove the point, Poland and Bulgaria posted selfies of themselves surrounded by gas. Yeah, <laughs> classic breakup behavior. But this is the thing that's gonna suck for Russia. Their main leverage is that their gas provides Europe's heat. But as the months get warmer, their negotiating power goes down. You know, it's the same way your gym teacher has all the power over you to make push-ups, like what you're gonna do during the school year, but let him meet you over the summer vacation, and all of a sudden it's like, you have no power here, Mr. Papadopoulos. <laughs> Why don't you do push-ups, bitch? <laughs> He's like, I'll see you in September, but I'm here now. <laughs> so you know what, good for Poland and Bulgaria, because most European countries are still buying Putin's gas. Yeah, many of them say they can't help it, which you have to admit is a little weird. You know, it's like if the people of Gotham were obsessed with the Joker's taco truck, you know? She's like, look, I mean, this guy is definitely a supervillain, but have you tried his Al Pastor? I mean, <laughs> it is amazing. And here's the thing. So this is, this is the thing. The underlying issue is a little more complicated than gas or no gas, right? What happens is Russia wants to be paid for its gas in rubles, right? The Russian currency, because that way European countries have to keep buying rubles, which keeps the currency alive. So I understand why Russia is so mad at getting paid in a currency that they don't want, you know? Like, have you ever gotten a gift from like your little nephew that's like a coupon for one free hug? <laughs> yeah, I don't want that shit. I want cold hard cash, Timmy. <laughs> Hugs always free, are you stupid? <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Timmy pisses me off, man. <laughs> for years, flight attendants in America have complained about, well, two things. Uh, one, idiots who press the call button when they meant to turn on the lights, and two, the way they get paid. Well, now, finally, Delta Airlines is taking care of one of those issues. Flight attendants with Delta will soon be getting paid a little bit more money. The airline says it'll now start paying cabin crews during boarding. Up until now, flight attendants did not start getting paid until the passengers were seated and the plane's doors closed. That was the moment that their pay started. Delta says the change will start June 2nd as the company faces the possibility of its more than 20,000 flight attendants forming their own union. The change could increase some attendance wages by several thousand dollars every year. Yeah, believe it or not, flight attendants in America do not get paid during the boarding process, which is crazy. Just think about it, you're at work, doing work, but your boss is like, nah, this is your free time. <laughs> <laughs> what, I only pay you when the doors are closed? That's wild. It also sucks for flight attendants on Spirit Airlines, because they don't even have doors, what do they do? <laughs> do they work for free? How does that shit work? Because here's the thing, people, the boarding process is not easy. If anything, they should be getting paid extra for that part. You've gotta deal with passengers who suddenly don't know how numbers work. Does 23 come before 24? And what number is J? <laughs> and then on top of that, they have to deal with our bags that never fit. Yeah, and by the way, can I ask you, why do the bags never fit? <laughs> no, honest question, why do they never, it's called an overhead bag. Right? But it doesn't fit into the overhead. Why do they call it that? They shouldn't be allowed to sell it to you and call an overhead bag when it won't fit in the overhead because now I'm the idiot blocking the traffic and then, like everyone's looking at me, no one's getting paid. And I'm like, I swear, the store said it would fit in the overhead. There's none of them. They're like, you're an idiot. I'm not an idiot overhead bag, but there's none of them. I don't call it in the overhead. That's what the FBI should be focusing on. <laughs> That's the real crime. Don't sell me a bag that makes me look like an idiot. 
By the way, did you notice how Delta suddenly said it was going to change this rule only after they learned that flight attendants are trying to form a union? Yeah. Interesting timing. Hmm? Yeah, it was like, it was like that Marjorie Taylor Greene moment. Oh, oh, you mean that, a union, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing scares these giant airlines more than unions. Like, if someone yelled bomb in an airport and someone else yelled union, <laughs> they honestly wouldn't know who to tackle first. And I'm gonna give these flight attendants a lot of credit because let me tell you something, man. People fly all the time, you see these people working hard, but I didn't know that they weren't getting paid while the plane, you did, I didn't know that. They're really patient people. If I was working for free <laughs> during the whole boarding process, I would have been way less friendly than, yo, I would have been in that airport like. Hey, hey, zone one, zone one. Get the hell up on the plane right now. Hurry up, I'm trying to get paid. Move, 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 move. Move your dumb ass. Put your thing on the thing there, man. And I saw, yo, I swear, I swear, if any of you broke-ass Zone 4 is even trying to get in the line right now, I will have the TSA waterboard your ass. Get back, Zone 4. Sit down. You know who you is. That's why I can't work in airports. All right, finally, let's talk about COVID-19. It's the only one of us that's seen Kamala Harris in like three months. As we all know, a little over two years ago, a bat in China didn't cover its mouth when it sneezed in a lab after visiting a food market, and that started a pandemic. <laughs> and the world has never been the same. But now, Anthony Fauci, America's most renowned infectious disease scientist and most ready-for-retirement human, <laughs> has come out with some news that has left people shook. Listen to this Dr. Anthony Fauci telling PBS News that America is out of the pandemic phase. We are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase. Namely, we don't have 900,000 new infections a day and tens and tens and tens of thousands of hospitalizations and thousands of deaths. We are at a low level right now. We're not going to eradicate this virus. If we can keep that level very low and intermittently vaccinate people, and I don't know how often that would have to be, but right now we are not in the pandemic phase in this country. Woohoo! The pandemic phase is over, people! The pandemic phase is over. Oh my God, I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Man. Oh man, I've been waiting for this moment since March of 2020. Do the balloon drop, yeah! Oh. Oh, wait, these are, oh man. They're supposed to be like fully inflated, but I, we blew them up in April 2020. We, we thought it was only gonna be a few weeks, but I guess uh, things are tough. There's just like, are there still air inside these things? There's still air inside, yeah? Yeah, there, oh. What is that, COVID? Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, Fauci says America is no longer in a pandemic phase, which is cool. But don't let these balloons fool you. It doesn't mean we're out of the pandemic. A lot of people actually misinterpreted this news today. They were like, the pandemic is over. Time to tongue kiss my grandmother again. <laughs> Man, time to tongue kiss my grandson again. <laughs> They're a very loving family. But that's not what this means. What Fauci was saying is that America is currently not in a pandemic phase. 
as in not in a pandemic right now, but it's not over. It could come back or it could go away, but it could come back <laughs> or go away. You don't know. Yeah, it's a phase. It's sort of like wide leg jeans. They disappeared for 20 years <laughs> and now suddenly everyone looks like that to borrow a pair of pants from Shaq, you know? But as much as you wanna get angry at people, here's the thing, Dr. Fauci, how did you not know? How do you not know by now how stupid people are, huh? <laughs> We're all stupid. You can't just say pandemic phase is over. Oh, when you say that, all we hear is party time. <laughs> I feel like that's been the major failure of this pandemic, is that the scientists have been communicating directly with the public without somebody to interpret what they're saying. That's bound to cause chaos, right? We don't understand scientists speak. It's the reason God didn't speak directly to the people. He always went through a messenger, you know? He was like, Noah, soon I will purge the land of all sin and vice, so henceforth abundance may spring forth, and whence there was squalor, things will change. And Noah was like, all right, gotcha. Hey, yo, grab a giraffe, shit's about to get wet. <laughs> now we understand. All right, that's it for the headlines. But before we go, let's check in on the traffic with our very own Roy Wood Jr., everybody. <laughs> What's going on, Roy? Uh, why, why, why am I here again? What do you mean, I, what do you mean why are you here? For the traffic? yesterday. I did the traffic yesterday. Why would I do it again? Well, because there's, there's traffic every day. You think this is strange? I didn't know that I had to do this every day. I said that I would do it, but I just thought it'd be once a week. I didn't know this was gonna be. What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? Every what? day, come to work every day type shit. I was not. Roy, Roy, can you just tell us what the traffic is, please? But, but before the traffic, man, this, this flight attendant thing and the whole yes. COVID and the Fauci, I think we should still be wearing the mask on the planes because. But, but I just I hate the fact that flight attendants was getting beat up over a mask. You're supposed to be fighting drunk passengers, not these people wearing a mask. Yeah, I hear you there. Yeah. That's how, and also, part of why people be challenging flight attendants, see, nobody thinks about this, Trevor. It's the uniform. The uniform does not command authority. The flight attendant <laughs> uniform, they all are wearing a vest and a stupid hat. Nobody, you don't respect a vest. Name a job and a vest you respect. You got blackjack dealer, you got magician, you got crossing guard at a school, church usher, male stripper. These are all punchable people. These are all people you can punch in the face. Like you cannot dress in a vest and expect people to respect you. The flight attendants, if they really want something, what they need to be fighting for is a new uniform. They need to put on some of that black leather, like them bounces, them leather, and some of them, them shades and get you an earpiece. Because like when you wear an earpiece, everybody know that you talking to another person on the earpiece who can also come whoop your ass. It make you act right. You see that earpiece, like, oh, you got other ass whoopers on the other end of that earpiece. That's the thing, man. All right, so what's, what's happening in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the traffic? What's the, going on? I, here's, here's the thing about COVID, man. We'll get to that, man. Just be like... <laughs> I'm happy that some of the restrictions are being, you know, rolled back. Uh-huh. I'm happy for that. Yeah. But it's a lot of stuff that they got that they still doing that they don't really have to do no more. Do you still need a QR code on the menu? Do you need a little square to figure, oh, I'm gonna scan the menu. Bring me some paper. I'm an American. Bring me a sticky piece of laminated-ass paper. <laughs> I can figure out what the hell I want to eat. This bothered you? Yes, 
because you get distracted. You don't focus when you scan your phone and you looking at the food, then Pornhub notifications are popping up and it's text wait, wait, messages. Wait, 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 can you, can you go? Why do you get notifications from Pornhub? You gotta, you gotta know when the new shit drop. You don't. <laughs> I'm tired of the elbow bump. Let's get rid of that. Why is everybody hey, going on with the elbow bump? I agree with you're you. Not there. T- you, you. You don't think we need no, to no, get no, rid of that? No, no, I agree stuff. with you there. I agree. I the agree. stickers, the stickers, the, the six feet stickers in the grocery store. Do we still need that? Do you still? Do you not know what six feet is? Do you hopscotching from sticker to sticker around the damn store? Just get rid of that too. Tell Fauci. I know you got his number. So let's. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell Fauci, if you tell me what the traffic is, please. Why do I have to do traffic? <laughs> what do you mean, why? Why, the, why is what it always mean? traffic? Like, I, I, could, I could be doing so many other things. I could, like what? I could do cooking. I could do, we could set up a little table and a crock pot. I could do, I could do the animals. Like, let me be the animal man and bring the little, the cuddly animals on here. We could do lifestyle. Look, don't, don't encourage him. He asked me. I said, we're going back to the studio. I said, what, what do you think about doing traffic? And you were like, I'd love to do the traffic. Yes. Uh, I didn't know that I would have to do it every day. I didn't know that I would have to like research and like investigate and figure out the traffic every day. What, what, what do you mean? You don't, you don't have to research to do traffic? Oh, bet. Traffic bad, back to you. Thank you so much for that, Roy Wood Jr. All right, stick around. There's more Daily Show coming up right after this. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. to The Daily Show. If you are a black person in America, you have probably come face to face with a Karen at some point in your life. <laughs> but what if you could harness the power of Karens for good? Well, maybe you can. It's the year 2022, and black people have had enough of getting the cops called on them. In a secret laboratory under 125th Street, one scientist works tirelessly to create a new super weapon. One that will give white people a taste of what black people have to go through on a daily basis. It's alive! <laughs> it's alive! Time to call some cops. Perfect. Oh my gosh, please do. Ah, what a great day for some barbecue. That was you to call this garbage? I'm calling the police. What? Uh, we're not doing anything wrong. Hello, police? Yes, I'd like to report some white people with some nasty ass food. There's a cilantro and the mac and cheese, a slurry of salsa, 
and the chicken is just wet. Not juicy, just wet. And what are these? Oh, mushroom kebabs. They're vegan. Bring the SWAT team. We're gonna need backup and a stomach pump. You can't be kissing that dog on the mouth. Hasn't that rescue been through enough? Oh, he's not a rescue. I only buy. You need to stop slobbering on this animal before you make COVID-33. Leave us alone. We're not harming anyone. You're assaulting me! I'm not assaulting you. I'm just telling you to mind your own business. That's the same thing to a Karen. Hello? Police? Yes, yeah, some woman with puppy child breath is coming right at me. always do this to me. I'm gonna do it. Maybe you have heard this little ditty. Hit it. Nuh-uh, I'm not letting you butcher sweet Caroline. You don't even know that's what I was gonna sing. You're white and you're drunk. What else are you gonna sing? What? I'm gonna have to report this. For what? Singing karaoke is not a crime. It is if it's bad enough. Sing it. Sweet. Hello, police. These Caucasians are at it again! Boutique? What are you doing with all that jewelry in your purse with the price tag still on them? Being a mad scientist? I was selling bootleg DVDs. People still buy DVDs? You'd be surprised. Hmm. Thank you so much for that. Go say Sloan. All right, when we come back, Terry Crews is joining me on the show, so don't go away. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is an actor and the host of America's Got Talent. He's here to talk about his latest book, Tough, My Journey to True Power. Please welcome Terry Crews. Uh, 
I'ma show you how to do it, what? man. You're doing it right now. I'ma show you how you to do, do it. It yeah. looks like you got like six cell phones in your jacket <laughs> and they're all, they're all ringing at the same time. It's just going on. How are you, sir? Dude, I am so good. It has so been a good. long time since I last saw you. You yeah. know, there's been a whole pandemic between everything. You've gone through it. You wrote another book. Yes, I did. Congratulations on that tough, my journey to true power. So when I, when I heard about the book, I was like, tough, my journey to true power. I was like, oh, Terry's writing, it's like a weightlifting book. <laughs> I figured it was just gonna be about the muscles and everything, and yet there's basically nothing. It's, it yes. seems like this whole book is about you emotionally weightlifting. Yes, yes. I, I had to redefine what tough was in my life. You know what I mean? Um, as, as a kid, I mean, first of all, I was filled with rage. I, I, and I'm gonna start at the beginning just a little bit because uh, my father was an alcoholic mm -hmm. and he was addicted to alcohol and my mother was addicted to religion which created a really toxic relationship. And uh, at five years old, I grew up watching my father knock my mother out on the regular. Right. Um, and it was something that changed me. I mean, my whole thing, when I saw him do that, I was like, hey man, it's your world. This, it's your way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And I learned that that was the only way to be a man. Um, and it was through rage. And it was, I would rather be feared than loved. And it got me a lot. I mean, I lived my life like it was a revenge movie. Right. Okay. Right. And a lot of people see me now, you know, as, oh, yeah, it's so funny and so great and the whole thing. But, but this is the thing, man. I, I was filled with rage. And I, I, I mean, I, I used to snap on people. I, I read that in the book, and I'm not even joking. Like, in, in the first, let's say, quarter of the book, first 25%, I was like, I'm scared to have Terry on the show. <laughs> Because you, like in the book, you talk about this, this journey, you know, and you, yeah. you talk about young Terry, you know, and I, I like, it's like there's multiple Terry's in this book in your, in your story. You talk about young Terry and you talk about your dad as old Terry, big yeah. Terry, and you yes. know, you talk about the terror and the fear, but also the rage that you felt at being unable to protect your mom, unable to protect the house, and, and you were scared. But then it gets to a part of the book where one day you, you, you developed enough and you, you beat your father like in I, one of the I scariest ways. I got him. And, and this was so wild because, you know, growing up in that kind of household with the, with the intense alcohol and religion and the whole thing, I became a pleaser. I became a searcher for, I, I wanted approval. Oh, and I was addicted right. to approval. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if I didn't get it, it was, it was one of those things that would make me very, very, you know, angry. Right. And, but one thing that I discovered, once by the time... I became an adult and I said, you know, I knew I needed to get strong because one day I would have to kill my father. I, I, that was the vision that I always had in my head because he was such a terror right. in Your our house. Right, family was terrified. And yeah. one day he, I mean, and I, as a grown man, I was 30 years old and I, I, I remember we called it the Christmas, Christmas from hell. And I, I get a little emotional thinking about it, but uh, I took my family home for Christmas and I, he told me that he was going to behave. And I said, cool, because they hadn't been around. And my yeah, kids had yeah. never been raised with any domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And me and my wife go out, and he decides he's going to hit my mother in the mouth. And what was crazy, I get a call. We're on the road. We're, we're, we're about to go to dinner. And my mother, my, my aunt calls me and says, your mother just got hit in the mouth. Her tooth is sideways. Man, I turned the car around. And I told him, get everybody out of the house and just leave us alone. And I went and I confronted him and I said, hey, man, what are you doing? You promised. 
And he said, oh, man, get out of here, man. And bow. And I hit this man. I don't know how long it was. I know I beat him from downstairs all the way up to his room. He's bleeding. He's, he's screaming. And I, all I could think about is this is revenge. This is what I always wanted. This is what you made us go through. Mm -hmm. This is the revenge. I, this is going to fulfill every dream, every fantasy, everything is going to be in this moment. And I felt nothing. You talk about that. It's, it's a scary moment where you, you're wailing on him and then you cry at the end of it and you felt even emptier than when that moment started. You didn't feel powerful. You didn't feel, you didn't get the revenge that, that, that you thought you were going to get. Dude, you, didn't, you didn't get the closure. I, I did it. And I'm like, this is supposed to be the end of the movie. Did you know at that moment that Terry had anger issues or did you think that was an isolated incident? No, no. See, my wife was telling me the whole time. She's like, you, got, you are really angry. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm angry? <laughs> you know, I, I'm getting angry at you telling me I'm angry. Right. You know, and, and I never saw it. You understand, it's, it's, it's something that's so imperceptible because you have it tied in with your manhood. Mm. This is something that's tied mm. into you. It's bravado. And you go, hey, man, this is what you do. Somebody, I remember one man disrespected my wife. I picked him up, put him on his head on the concrete. And, I'm, and my wife is like, no, you have to promise me you will never, ever do this again. And I'm like, but I have to. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I prove I'm a man. This is what I'm put on earth to do. How did, you, how did you change that? That's what I want to know. Like, people talk about the change, but how do you change that? How does Terry go from being the person who snaps, the person who's angry, the person who proves himself to the person who says... I'm not gonna react, because I'll jump to another part in the book yeah. that some people know about as a story, but you, you, you've never told it in, in as much depth as you, has in, as you have in the book, is the now infamous story where you are in a Holly, you're at a Hollywood party, That's right. and one of the most powerful agents in the business is there, and he comes up and he grabs your crotch. Yep. Yep. You know, and at first you're like, oh, was that a mistake? What's going on? And he laughs and he grabs your crotch again That's in right. front of everybody and he just laughs it off. Yep. And you didn't do anything. And the irony of the whole thing is then people online were like, man, Terry Crews, you're going to have all those muscles and you ain't going to do shit and someone grabs your dick, you're not going to punch him, you know what I mean? And then they're like, well, these fake muscles, these inflatable muscles, people right. roasting you. But you talk about in the book how you didn't want to do anything. That's right. Tell, explain to me how that change comes about. What, 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 what shifts in your perspective? First of all, it was 2017 and I'd already been through seven years of therapy. Um, my wife left me in 2010. Um, First of all, I had an addiction to pornography, I had anger, I had all kinds of stuff. And she was like, you know what, I'm done. And this is the thing, I was very successful. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I had movies and right. TV and everybody knew who I was. And, and my trick to life was fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. uh, but the problem is you make it and you're fake. You're oh. still fake. It was an image. It was the Terry Crews image is what everybody fell in love with. And my wife ended up married to that image. Wow. But the real me was still messed up, broken. And, and when she left me, it was the highlight. It was like, wait a minute. And first I was like, go ahead. I'm Terry Crews. Shoot, go get me another woman. And it was so stupid because I heard myself talking like this. And I went, maybe it's me. Hmm. Maybe it is me. And dude, you gotta understand, I, I got the best advice I ever received in my entire life. A friend of mine said, hey man, I can't promise you you're gonna get your wife and family back, 
but you have to get better for you. Mm. Now, my whole life therapy, especially in, in male culture, in black culture, therapy was looked at as quackery. I right. mean, they were like, you can't cure crazy, you know? And that was, that was <laughs> yes. a said a yeah. lot, you know? Uh, in fact, my father went to go see a psychologist for his alcoholism, and the psychologist killed himself a week later. Damn. And I was like, oh, that don't work. Damn. And I'm going, what? But this was the thing. I'm at rock bottom. I have nothing. That was your D-Day. And that was the Mm D-Day. And I went to therapy and I discovered this anger and where it was coming from. And this, this, you know, this need for people's approval that would send me through the roof, that would make me a high achiever. You Uh understand what uh I mean? Like, you uh, You will do anything. You knew how to use it to get where you need to go. Yeah, I mean, that's where the success comes from. But the disapproval brought the rage. So now, Terry Crews has this rage. He's working on it. He goes to therapy. Sometimes I feel like what happens to people, though, is they don't understand that anger is a natural part of being a human being. And so when they come out, they go, now I have no anger. (laughs) The universe is my spirit. So now, how do you deal with anger? How do you, like, everyone gets angry. How do you now deal with it? What did you learn as a healthy outlet for your anger? First of all, you know, I I did come out like that the first year. I was like, peace and love to everyone. (laughs) And it it was the baddest acting I ever did. Like, sit your ass down. (laughs) Peace and love. You know, (laughs) it was bad. Yes. It was horrible. Right. But I actually got to understand, remember now, this is the whole thing. You can, you can be angry and sin not. It's a, it's a biblical phrase. Yes. And the whole thing was righteous anger is a good thing. And it was about accountability. Mm-hmm. Holding people accountable is how you deal with your anger. It's oh. like there's a legal way to do everything. My answer to everything before was like playing chess. It's turn over the chessboard. Right. I was like, if I can't get a problem, ah! <laughs> and what I learned was, wait, 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 wait. I got to use wisdom here. I have to figure out this problem. Maybe going backward, I can go forward two mm-hmm. steps. And all of a sudden, my, my, everything about the energy toward anyone that I was angry at yeah. was a thoughtful, methodical, move and this is what i did with adam bennett it was cha- it changed everything because i knew because my wife had made me promise too she was like don't you ever do and you i was like yeah i promise again. i promise but that was the test and i remember taking her hand and we went into the car and i drove home and now mind you my first mindset was to drive back through the club and like terminator and <laughs> you know i was going to do it but i went home but you got to understand this because the support that I had the whole time I was driving home, my wife said, I'm proud of you, Terry. Mm. I'm proud of you. Because she saw me throwing people around. Right, She's seen right, it. Right. And she was like, I'm so proud this of you. This was the first time we had broken the pattern. That support that said, I'm doing this right. I'm doing this right. And then I went legal. And I went to the head of, of William Morris Endeavor, mm-hmm. and I said, what are you gonna do about this predator that you have running in your hallways? And they were like, well, you know, look, he's the big man, so we can't do anything. And I was like, hell no. I said, dude, you work for me, and he laughed. He laughed in my face. And I said, wow, okay. And you know what, it made me more emboldened. And I got stronger, and I went like, all right, you wanna play this game, we are gonna play it. We are gonna play it all the way out. And what happened is, Quiet is kept. Other people join my case because you don't rob the biggest bank in, in the, you know, in the state. Right? Mm-hmm. You, right. You always rob little banks. And what was happening is there was little pe- There were all these other people that came out that said, hey, man, he did I the same thing experience. to me. And they joined my case. And he was like, oh, white flag. I'm out of here. I'm going to retire. 
And I didn't want any money. I just said, man, you cannot molest the clients and go back to work. That's all. I said, dude, that's all I wanted. You cannot do it. You can't go back to work. And he's out. And he's out. And this is the thing. Checkmate. So, so, so great. I, I remember that moment distinctly because you, you know, you, you came out, the Me Too movement was happening. You know, yes. you, you spoke about your case. People were shocked and, you know, and a lot of men were emboldened to say like, hey, I, I've also had this issue. And yes, you know, statistically men are minuscule compared to women, but it was an interesting story that, that gave a fuller complexity to what we're trying to get rid of in society. Yes. People loved you. Like Terry Crews on Twitter, it was amazing. And then you talk about this in the book. Few years after that, Terry Crews on Twitter became one of the <laughs> most hated individuals yes. almost overnight. Yes. It was people like, he's a coon, he's, he betrayed yes. black people. He was, and it all came around Black Lives Matter. That's, yes. what, that's what came around, was Black Lives Matter. And you said something, and, and, and I paraphrase it, you know, because in the, in, the, in the book you talk it and you lay out the tweet, it was where you yeah. say, you know, essentially, I don't want white supremacy the same way I don't want black supremacy. I right. want us to all be equal as people. Right. People were like, oh, really, Terry, black supremacy? Yeah. And I mean, they, they tore into you. Yeah. But in the book, you talk about how, A, you, you didn't even know that that was a talking point some people use. Mm -hmm. And secondly, you weren't trying to say what people thought you were trying to say. Right, well, this is the thing. Black supremacy has nothing to do with white people. When I was in Flint, Michigan, the drug dealer was a black supremacist. The gang member I was scared of and could not move around was the black supremacist. And what I meant was, is this whole thing, if we don't start this movement with the idea of reconciliation, we are just postponing a greater war. Mm -hmm. And my whole thing is I didn't hear a lot of reconciliation because reconciliation doesn't mean agreement. Yes. You know what I mean? It's one of those things, I, I wanna bring this up because there's a story about the wisest man in, in the world. It, it was Solomon. And two women came to him and they brought a baby and they said, we have this baby we and this, each baby is mine. And, the, the and yeah. the, so Solomon, the wisest man, says, okay, what we're going to do is cut the baby in half. And I'll give you a half of the baby and you get the other half. And one woman said, yes, that's the way we do it. But the other woman said, no, no, save this baby. No, in fact, give it to her. Give it to her. And he said, that's the mom. That's reconciliation. It doesn't mean you get the result you want. It means you're saving it because dividing it is going to kill it. But and when I look at America, yeah. dividing it is going to kill it. And the whole thing is reconcile. We have to reconcile. We have to white and black, male and female, Republican, Democrat. We have to find a way to reconcile or we're going to kill what we have. It's beautiful as a thought and I agree with it. I think the issue yeah. I think the issue some people had, you know, is reconciliation cannot take place before there's any type of accountability. Mm -hmm. In order for us to reconcile, there has to be some sort of accountability. People have to say, this is what is happening and this is what we're going to do to rectify that situation. Just like you talked about reconciling with your wife, yeah. you know, in order for you guys to reconcile, you had to fix, you had to acknowledge, you had to say, I have a problem. Yeah. And I think what a lot of people thought in that moment is they felt like, I understand when reading the book now, you, you are saying something that, in my honest opinion, is almost a step ahead. Right. But people were going, yeah, but Terry, right You're now, right. we're looking for accountability first. You're right. right now, black people in America are saying, hey, can we just have an agreement on how America does not treat everybody equally? Yes. You know, we don't want everyone to be treated equally badly. We want everyone to be treated 
equally. No, I, I know? totally agree. And, and it, it felt like to some people you had you had skipped. You were just like, guys, guys, kumbaya. Yeah. Let's all just be no, together. I, I, I totally, and listen, you know? I, I totally understand that. But this is another thing, and, and, and I agree. And, and you can't have a nuanced conversation on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the worst the mistake. Big, the biggest that was, that mistake. Was mistake. That was the first mistake. That was the first mistake. If there was mistake. any accident, that was it. You just that, that was maybe one of my favorite parts of the book <laughs> is when you talk about, because you tweeted that, and you can tell when someone thinks they've got swag in the tweet. You were like, let me tell you something, what we need yeah. to do in this world. White oh, supremacy, uh, black supremacy, all come together, bam. And yeah. Then you were like, oh, I, no, I went and you got went, a sandwich. You made, you made a sandwich. I went and got a sandwich. You I made a like, sandwich. I, you're like, ah, I killed and, it. Uh-oh, I killed uh, it. Believe you me, I went, oh, no. That's not what I meant. Trending. That's not what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but 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 you can't have that. I, I, I totally understand right. that. Um, and I, I think you're right. And I know you're right. Right. And I actually, w- one of my things was, is just when I know my people and I love my people. And the big thing was. Black people need to hold other black people accountable. It's which, they, our, which they do. Well, see, we, we, which we do. Accountability, right, and we do. we do. And we do. we do. And I'm not saying we don't. Uh, but, but my thing is, as a black man, and as a man who had been in these kind of situations, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I just knew that it, it needed be, to be said by someone like me. Right. In order, because what my thing is, I just wanted peace. And mm-hmm. I guess I, it goes back to my approval. Yes. It goes back yeah. to my need for approval. Mm-hmm. It went back to that. Um, and again, it was a mistake. It was it was a mistake to tweet that out at that time. And that, and was, I'll be that, was, that was the thing, funny enough, because, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. has talked about black supremacy. Exactly. You know? yeah. Nelson Mandela himself was one of the people who said, I do not look for the oppression of white people. I don't look for the oppression of black people. I don't want That's anybody right. to be oppressed. That's right. Right. But the timing, I think, was the yeah, issue. Yeah, it was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I like, say in, that in the book. Yeah, you were going, that's not what I was trying to do. No. And I think, you know, this is one of those moments where I was like, that's why books over tweets. Uh, it is. No, it is. That, that was a book, huge mistake. In the book, you laid it out. Yes. You were a human being. Yes. We all misunderstand each other. Yes. Man, I, 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 honestly, I appreciated your, just like your vulnerability, your, yeah. your, your ability to say, this is where I messed up, this is what I was trying to say. Because I was reading it and I was going like, man, ter-. I was like, yeah. why did you send the tweet? Yeah. Why did you trust Twitter? I know, I know. Twitter doesn't try to understand you. It doesn't. It doesn't. First of all, I learned my lesson big time, first of all. But, but I, I do feel like, again, because of this need for approval that I was addicted to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a matter of also exercising the, the, the will to take disapproval. Mm. You understand what I mean? Mm. Where really sometimes standing up for the right thing, not everyone is going to like you. Yeah. And, I, and again, I, I still know who I am, but at the same time, I, I mean, I, I would never ever tweet again, <laughs> to be honest. It's all gonna be cat videos and promotions. <laughs> uh, and I've, again, I, and I really, I mean, even on this show right now, and I'm gonna let you know, I really do want to apologize to anybody who was offended by these tweets and was hurt deeply. Because as an example, as, a, as an African-American man, a right, black right, man right. here in this country, I did not want to give the, the, the perception yeah. that we're supposed to gloss this over yeah, and, no. and forget the death of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd. Right. And I, I want to apologize to everyone right now who was ever offended because it hurt. It, and, and even back, I was trying to explain, it just got worse. 
and worse, and this is where the book came in, because the need is for us as a people to, to actually come together and really, really be what we need to be to this country, because it's our country. This is our country. Right. We died and fought, and I'm not giving it away. This is our inheritance. I love you. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, for real. You know, Thank you. No, no, no. What, 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 I, what I always say to people is, find a person who has tweeted, you will find somebody who has messed up, <laughs> and you will find someone yeah. who's been misinterpreted. Yeah. Thank you so much for being oh, on the man. show. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for letting me. Thank you. Terry's book, Tough, My Journey to True Power, is available now. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go... Today is Holocaust Remembrance Day, so please consider supporting the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. It's a living memorial that inspires citizens and leaders worldwide to confront hatred, prevent genocide, and promote human dignity. So if you can help support their programs in any way, then please donate at the link below. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, and remember, your goth phase won't come back, (laughs) but your pandemic phase might. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.